0: You would be surprised how many people have a normal CBC yet when you dig a little bit deeper and you do an iron panel, you'll find that indeed they got some problems. We got some iron problems. So I have never, ever been a fan of using just the CBC to determine any kind of anemia. Another episode. I am on a roll. This is actually the third podcast that I have recorded today. So, if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to see I have the same shirt on for each one of them. But that is the beauty of being able to work ahead and get things in the bank so that you're not like staring at a blank screen when you need to write a social post or record a podcast. That is part of being a good business owner. So, for our topic today, we have actually something kind of exciting coming up in the future which made this topic really relevant for today's podcast. So I'll share more about that in a bit. But one of the questions that I get quite often as I'm working with practitioners and teaching, like whether it's in clinical academy or I'm doing one-on-one coaching with practitioners like business mentoring, clinical coaching, is this concept about anemia. And so many patients are anemic. We've got lots, especially menstruating women, right? Which makes complete sense. But you would be surprised how many people have a normal CBC, yet when you dig a little bit deeper and you do an iron panel, you'll find that indeed they got some problems. We got some iron problems. So I have never, ever been a fan of using just the CBC to determine any kind of anemia. Now, before I go any further, I'm just going to do a little clinical training for you because I want you to really understand how this whole process of anemia works, but let's get clear about the word anemia first. The word anemia just means deficiency. So we could, in theory, say there is such a thing as a vitamin D anemia. We could say a vitamin C anemia. We can say an iron anemia. We could say a B12 anemia. The word anemia just means that there is a deficiency of some kind. So on a CBC, when we're looking at iron and iron-related deficiency, that's the standard care. So you aren't anemic and in the Western world. You are anemic if you have red blood cells, hemoglobin, and hematocrit are low. If they're low, that very often, but not always, that's the thing. That's not the only reason that those markers exist. There's other things that it indicates, but very often... If there's, you know, other factors are present and you've done your physical evaluation and you've got symptoms, et cetera. But very often those three are low. You know, you have some kind of anemia, but what that doesn't tell you is the type of anemia. And it's gonna be more often correlated with an iron deficient anemia or maybe a folic acid or folate B12 anemia. But that's really all you know. You know that it's a maybe, maybe for an iron deficient, an iron anemia. But when you look specifically at the iron panel, now we can get details about what's actually going on with the iron markers. And there are four key markers. and I'm going to just talk to you about those markers. And that way you can see exactly what's happening. Do you really need iron? Do you need to give iron? Do we have a problem with binding proteins? Is there an issue in the liver? Is it not an iron problem at all? Maybe it's a liver problem. So that iron panel is essential, which is why I include it on every single blood test. So certainly I'm looking at a CBC with differential, but I'm also going to add those four iron markers. So I've got some notes. You can't see them obviously, but I'm going to be looking at my notes here as I'm kind of talking through because I want to make sure I get all of the information for you. So as I mentioned, there are four markers and those four markers are total iron, ferritin, then we have total iron binding capacity. And then the last marker is called, well, it goes by a bunch of names. It might be percent saturation or transferrin saturation percent or just transferrin percent saturation but it's in that realm somewhere. Labs report it differently. That one is a calculated value, okay? It's a calculated marker. So the other three, which is the TIBC, ferritin, and iron, and there's also one called UIBC that often comes through, and I don't refer to that one as much. But I just wanted to talk really quickly about these three markers and why it's so important to dig a little bit deeper. So as you know, like total iron is the iron that's dissolved in the blood. That's what's moving around in the bloodstream. And most of it is in the ferric form and it's reduced to ferrous iron. So we get iron from our diet, primarily from red, dark meats. You get some in egg yolks, liver, even leafy greens have some form of iron, but the body prefers to absorb and deal with iron that comes from an animal source. It's its preferential source. We have to have a nice acidic stomach in order to liberate the iron from the food matrix And so if iron is deficient, one of the very first places on a blood test, I'm thinking I need to check, do we have enough hydrochloric acid, right? What is the condition of the stomach? And the second thing I'm going to think is, is the patient eating foods that are iron rich foods? And then third, are we absorbing this well? Now, iron is also bound to transferrin. So that's that calculated marker, that transferrin percentage. 70% 70% of iron is stored in the bone marrow and the rest is stored in the liver and the spleen aside from what's circulating in the body. So if there's too much iron in the blood, we could have like hemochromatosis or hemosiderosis. And you would never know that if you're looking at a CBC, you're never going to know that a CBC isn't going to tell you if you have iron excess. So yet another reason why you want to order an iron panel. So if you have low iron, you have low hemoglobin, low hematocrit, low red blood cells, then you go, okay, we maybe got a problem. Maybe we need to be looking at getting hydrochloric acid up and getting the diet changed so that we are actually getting iron-rich foods in the diet. So there are some cofactors that you have to consider. And I go over all of that in the functional blood chemistry training, which is coming up, by the way. So if you've got a patient that really is truly anemic, You want to be careful because we often just say, oh, well, let's just give them iron. But sometimes you might give them too much. How do you know how much they need? How do you know how much they can break down? So when you do give iron, you want to monitor frequently. Like every six weeks, every eight weeks, you're going to want to just do a blood test to make sure that the iron is moving into a normal level and that we're not giving too much or the patient isn't storing or accumulating it. So there are definitely some risks and dangers associated with iron supplementation, but most of the time you're going to be fine if you can just do it for short term. Now, reproductive age women, especially those with heavy menstrual periods, heavy menstrual cycles, and if they're not fully anemic, so to speak, or iron deficient, they're like right on the borderline. And you'll also see this often with vegetarian or vegan patients where they're relying on the plant source of iron. And not getting it from animals. And the body just doesn't do as well with the plant source of iron. You know, that's just going to be something you're going to have to deal with. You're going to have to supplement and work around dietary restriction of animal protein. And also one more thing, alcohol decreases iron consumption. Did you know that? So if you have a patient that is tipping the bottle a little more than they should, drinking a bottle of wine a night or a couple of cocktails every night, the presence of alcohol does decrease iron absorption. So again, on a CBC, it might look normal. But then you get the iron panel you're like, holy crap, we got a problem. We got a deficient patient. Now we have to go figure out why. So there are a number of reasons that iron could be either increased or decreased. And certainly one of the most common reason that it's decreased is because we don't have enough iron. But it could be, as I mentioned, lack of acidity in the stomach, could even be a bacterial infection, could be liver or kidney dysfunction. So you want to evaluate that a little bit more if you see it on a blood test. Now, the second marker is called ferritin, and ferritin is the most abundant iron-carrying protein in the body. I always say ferritin is like the iron savings account. So if blood iron gets low, then it's going to start borrowing from the savings account, just like your checking account. If it gets too low, you're like, oh, dear day, not for another three days. I better pull a little bit out of my savings account in order to get my checking account back up where it needs to go. Now, ferritin is often a really good indicator for potential cardiovascular problems. So increased ferritin is associated with cardiovascular disease, but it's also highly inflammatory. So we want to make sure that we're not doing anything that's going to cause ferritin to go high. And that could be because you're doing too much iron. And if you hear any noise in the background, I've got construction going on at my house. So my apologies if you hear it, but it's not in your mind. It's actually construction in the background. All right. So now what we want to look at, the one thing you need to know is ferritin will often start to deviate before iron will. And here's why. Just like the blood pH is tightly monitored and the body's always buffering it, right? Always buffering with acid or alkaline in the bloodstream. What often happens is iron should be at a certain level. If it starts to deviate too much, then the body's gonna go, oh, I don't wanna get overdrawn. I don't wanna have too low of iron. So I'm gonna move iron from storage, I'm going to move the ferritin into the blood. And so iron will sometimes look really normal, but you start to see the savings account balance drop and you go, Oh dear, we got a problem. I better stop the steal." right? So we got too low of ferritin and we don't have enough in the bloodstream. And that can also be a big problem. So it will deviate ferritin will deviate before serum iron will. So there's a few things that you want to look at if it's decreased or increased, but number one is if ferritin, it's actually decreased and you've got a low iron, you know, you're kind of in trouble. You have some iron deficiency. Now it's really iron deficient. So you just want to look again back at it. What's a dietary intake like? What's happening with the stomach acid? How well are we absorbing it? That kind of thing. So again, super important that we have these iron markers. The third one is that total iron binding capacity. And this just talks about how able the body is to move iron around. And it's a really simple marker. If TIBC is decreased, there's too much iron. So think about it. Like we've got all these proteins hanging around in the bloodstream, but we need some available to be able to pick up iron. But if there's not very many available, then we have too much iron occupying those proteins. So we have too much weight. They're sinking down. We don't have them available anymore. If they're high, if we have a lot of protein, available proteins, then that means we don't have enough iron. We probably have an iron deficient anemia. The other thing that can cause those TIBC level to go up, sometimes it could be internal bleeding, right? We're losing that blood out through the stool. But another reason could be because women are using exogenous estrogen. And that will compete with those proteins. So that can be a problem as well. And then, lastly, this calculated marker, and that is that transferrin percent, right? That percentage. And the one thing that you need to know about that is it's probably the most sensitive marker to iron deficiency. So if it's high, you're going to look probably excess iron. They might be using like iron cookware, you know, where they're cooking like cast iron skillets. If it's low, you want to think about probably anemia, some inflammatory something, maybe something going on in the gut, could be internal bleeding, hypochlorhydria, all the same things. Also, this is a marker sometimes that you can see with cancer. Some cancer patients may have a decreased transferrin percentage. So this is why knowing this information about this iron panel, what you can glean from an iron panel is so much more than what you're just going to get on a CBC. So if you have a menstruating woman, always, always, always add these four iron markers. It's just a standard iron panel. So you always want to add that. And then once you get the information, you can compare what you find with the iron panel to what you're seeing on the CBC. All right, friends, take care. I'll see you next week on the Clinical Entrepreneur Podcast.